All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's two I redheads. You, to... uh, you just interrupted me. You don't have to stop. I was just feeling it. Okay, I was feel feeling it, it there. Feel it again. <laughs> it's two redheads with a brand new season of NASCAR talking about racing. That's the energy right there. Welcome to a new decade. Different cadence. It's a difference cadence. Yeah. That's, a big, that's, oh, too, yeah, big, a that's too big of a word to use off the bat. But guess what? We're going to start 2020 on a really good note. I'm Jason Schultz. Joining me is... <laughs> Andrew Curland. If you listen to our show last year, you will know we often forget to say our names and make a joke about it. That's not going to happen this year. You know I'm Jason. You know he's Andrew. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. You're in Phoenix, Arizona, where there are cactuses. Yep, that's correct. That you Good. really, you know, you know Phoenix. Have yep. you been? I'm an, I'm an expert. Yeah, 2018. Oh, wow. I feel like you know this place really well. Can I come, can I come visit? If you want, sure. All right. I'll be there in spring break. All right. Come. Actually, yeah. Phoenix is right. It's right in the beginning of my spring break. So sweet. Yeah, it should be fun. Jason, what do you do? Who are you? This, I could go so many different ways <laughs> with this answer. I'm an advocate for drivers having personalities in NASCAR. Oh my God. I'm a social media guru. I like, I love social media. I'm a big TikTok guy. Freaking love TikTok. Big podcast guy. I've been a big podcast guy ever since the third grade. I can tell you a whole story about how I discovered podcasts in third grade. Love podcasts. Big Tom Brady fan. He's staring right at me at my desk right here. But most importantly, I am now a college graduate and a full-time employee of Juno Motorsports and Dirty Mo Media as a podcast producer and a videographer. How about that for an intro? Full-time. That sounds pretty Full good. Time. It's got a good ring so to it. We were going to catch up on our off-seasons. And actually, I'll let you go first, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit about off-seasons. Who are, who are you, Mr. Curland? All right, Mr. Curland. Yeah, you're going to call me that for the rest of the show. Come on. I have... Keep going. Yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, I work with NASCAR providing content for their youth pages. And starting this year, I'll be kind of expanding past just the youth uh, initiatives, interviewing drivers, seeing the personalities of the sport, sharing the experience of NASCAR. So trying to move up in the world, get past just some of the kids stuff and get get into what a bigger audience might like. So that's what I got for this year. Kind of like when you interview Barstool Sports' Dave Portnoy talking about more mature material versus stuff kids would want to hear about. Yeah, I know exactly that. So, yeah. All right. How was your offseason? What'd you do? No, it was good. It was a different, unique offseason that I've had. I went to cover Supercross, which was really cool. It was unique to see a different form of motorsports. Supercross has always been like my number two behind NASCAR. So it was really cool to go and check that out. And it's one of those sports where just like NASCAR, the experience there and in person is spectacular. It was so cool to see these riders really get so much air and, and the whole fan experience was really cool. I will say their introductions. Yeah. Crazy. Everyone says that. So, and this is kind of like, like NASCAR, this would be really cool. I don't know how you would do this, but basically they turn all the lights off in the stadium. 
they have a custom little like intro video for each one of the riders they come out there's flames shooting out everywhere there's a spotlight on the on the rider when they come out it'd be really cool to see that in nascar kind of like a all-star race driver yeah, intros exactly. i think that's close you can get to it At every race like all-star style driver intros every week or you know what night races night race yeah, like a martinsville best. my god because they yeah. can shut those lights off that would be really cool yeah mother's day they got to do that we'll start with night races and move on but would you say nascar needs to do better intros yeah can you I mean, repeat those words back to me no and then this past weekend actually already started off the nascar off season or started off the nascar season rather that's not the off season then i know it's not the off season started the nascar season off last weekend started the nascar season i wrote a segue around the phoenix raceway track with track president julie geezy talking all about the upcoming race in the spring but then also some of her plans for already hosting that championship race in november it was cool and uh, a unique idea that i think you're going to see more of from me this year is kind of getting a different different perspective than just a stand-up yeah maybe not not a segue every time but a different different type of style i will say riding a segue on the banking was crazy that seems dangerous like you had to like steer right just to like keep going straight because like it actually gets pretty steep i'm gonna watch your interview thinking the whole time i'm like oh my god when are they gonna fall down because it seems impossible phoenix isn't super banked but at the same time you would think riding no. on a not flat surface it, the only place that's banked is where the old front straightaway was but like yeah. we were and it was funny we were riding the segways and the turns and julie's like are they gonna let us go on the apron because we were following a golf cart and they were like riding the high line right by the pj1 where it's like <laughs> You're in a golf cart. Run segways. Can we get to a little bit more flat ground? <laughs> so we did. We did two laps. In the second lap, I think they learned, and we we got to ride the apron, which was better. Cool. Yeah, it was the slowest lap ever recorded at the track. But anyways, Jason, Boys. what did you do over the off season? Well, I graduated college. Is that that's, a big deal? That's kind of important. No longer in college, and I'm still. It was a semester early, so I people were like some people graduate in December because they go long. Don't ever do that. Graduate early, so great. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, not having any more homework. How great is that? All off season long, homework's gone, and started a full time job, freaking full time professional. And um, it's create like I've never. I've worked at JRM for like three years now, but like this year, it's like I'm totally ingrained in the whole organization and like going every day of the week seeing the race cars seeing the drivers around like it's just more it's just awesome to be part of that full-time now doing this great content we have such good content coming out this season of course dirty mo always has good content but this year we're taking a step up and yeah so i've been like it's awesome to have off season where you're kind of preparing for a season of work and so that has been really cool so that was my off season became an adult basically you talked about didn't you have to i remember you texting me this didn't you have to like let daniel hemrick in because he he didn't even have access at this point but you did (laughs) back in december like right when i first started first week and daniel went to open the door and he was like oh it's locked i'm like yeah you need a key card so scanned it and then actually our competition director was um saw him not get in so he's like let me take you upstairs and get you a key card right now real quick so that was pretty funny (laughs) so you were more of an employee than daniel hemrick at one point are you gonna be he's running a part-time schedule are you gonna be filling in the rest of those seats of course, I'm an absolute great driver. I could beat Andrew in a go-kart any day of the week. But this is off topic, but JRM 
I think has a great potential to be super good this year. Like last year you had the big three, which I hate calling them that. I think that's no. such a boring, unique, but like JRM this year probably has the best cars in the, in the I was drivers. thinking about that. I was, I mean, you look at the three biggest Xfinity drivers already going up to the cup series <laughs> yeah. with Bell, Custer and Reddick. What's the Xfinity series look like? This is going to be a fun Justin season Allgaier, to see like Noah who Gregson, will fill that, go- that, that void. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that's going to be exciting. I, I really hope it's JRM that comes in strong, and I think they will. But before Segway. let's not talk about the Xfinity Series, let's talk about the race that we already saw yesterday, Sunday afternoon, the clash, the bush clash, the bush crash. That's what everyone hmm. calls it. That's not very unique, but I thought that was funny. Um, so what we're going to do with our race reviews this season is usually, instead of just you know talking on, rambling for like 30 minutes about what happened in the race, we're just going to pick three things that were pretty remarkable from the race. They're not just, you know, Eric Jones won. It's going to be some deeper stuff, just some meaningful little commentary about what happened in the race. So my first bullet and I have here, and feel free to add your stuff in Andrew too, but I think these sure. three cover our uh, thoughts pretty well. The state of super speedway racing. So this race was very unique and divided up as it was 90%, maybe 85% single file racing against the, lo- against the wall with you know these lines of cars racing. And then the whole entire field wrecked in like 20 different wrecks in the last like 10 laps. And the race went like 13 laps into overtime, which is like just two polar opposites of race. It's like there was two different races, like the first, you know, three quarters in the last quarter. But that last quarter showed you why they're probably running single file in the first half of the race because they're really incapable of drafting. And you, this aero package, which was so phenomenal at the restricted plates that it ran at last year in those three races and produced such good racing. But all of a sudden, right now at Daytona, Brad Keselowski was mad at his teammate Joey Logano for blocking too much. Like these guys have had experience with this plate package, but now here they are destroying each other's cars in the first time they're out in 2020 with it. So it's just kind of there. It was very interesting to see. I mean, I, I understand why they're going single file now because they couldn't really race with each other because they kept wrecking. And that's what happened in the race. Yeah. So I think, and I see on your, your bullet point list that you have future of the clash too. And I think this really, we're in the same place that we were last year, except we did get a more exciting race than we did last year. We got to finish this year. Yeah, we did get a finish this year. But I think the major overlying problem with the clash and why it hasn't been as entertaining is the format. Because you look at, they're riding around single file, trying to, I mean, this is, you're basically trying to save your stuff to the end. They would do one stop. It'd be a splash and go. You're trying to save your tires for, you know, you're basically running out the clock, trying to give yourself the best equipment, best possible chance to be there at the end. And I think there was concern with the 500 last year because of what we saw in the clash, but the 500 is formatted differently. I think we're going to see a better 500 than we do with the clash. I think the overall problem and we, you look at this is the same package that we had at Talladega and Daytona last year. Those were entertaining races. It's the format I think is the problem with this race, and it needs to yeah. be changed. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The Clash. Well, here's the first thing I tweeted about this on Saturday, Sunday. The Clash is not nearly as hyped up as it used to be. Like when it was under the lights on Saturday night to kind of kick off the season, I love that. That's where I grew up watching. That's what it was for so long. First of all, I think it needs to move back to be under the lights. And I think the field needs to be more exclusive too. Let's hype the clash up all season long by like only having pole winners. Like it's used to be like, it should be like Dale Jr. makes like his 
making sure that's going to happen sometime soon. And I don't think it needs to be a week ahead before the Daytona 500. And we might run into a problem next year where it's the Super Bowl is a week before the Daytona 500 currently as the 500 is scheduled for the next weekend. So I don't think they can run the clash the week before the 500. So I think moving it, like how about like a 25 or 30 lap race on like Saturday before the Daytona 500? You know, like that'd be a, there'd be a crowd there for the Xfinity race already. And it's just a way to hype up the next day. Like, let's give a little preview on Saturday, put up some couple million dollars online, and let those guys go at it. Or we talk about, oh, here's, here's what we do. You want to condense the weekend. Condense the weekend to the point where you run the clash where the duels normally go on Thursday night. And the duels are the day before the Daytona 500. Move Xfinity to Friday night. And then I don't know what you do with trucks. Maybe run that on Wednesday or where the ARCA race is now. I think if you get the duels, because here's the problem. You don't want to run the clash. The problem with your idea is if you run the clash too close to the Daytona 500, you're taking away from the 500. You want to run the clash early enough to where you kind of give people a taste for racing, but then you shift gears and go completely to promoting the 500. If you have the duels after the clash, it's going to be better than having the duels before the clash because you want to be full swing ahead for the Daytona 500. I think the duels do a great job promoting that racing too. I think the duels are going to be single file snore fest like the first half of the clash was. That's the thing with the duels. Here's the thing you can't do with the duels. You cannot have the duels. You really can't have them be on Thursday because guys are going to be so afraid. You're going to ruin the duels by putting them on like Friday or Saturday because guys will be so afraid of wrecking their primary cars because you only have like a day to fix it versus the duels are on Thursday. You've got two whole days if something happens, so you're willing to take more chances. Putting the duels any closer to the 500, you're going to for sure make everyone so scared to race or it's going to single file the whole time because they're like it's not like it's not a huge deal to finish second versus eighth in the duel because positions ultimately you can make them up in the 500 yeah all right well we'll figure out the format as we go yeah nascar we'll get back to you on that yeah all right last thing the crashing towards the end epic i feel like that's just classic it's i always with the clash you always think like you have to it has to cross your mind is yeah what if it just comes down to last man standing yeah which is awesome like it's nothing wrong with that but everyone on twitter not everyone on twitter some reporters on twitter and some fans in general are like this is too much crashing like you can't have this like some races and i complain about these races have nothing going on there's no wrecks there's like two stage cautions and it's boring some races are in between a little bit of action a little bit of boring but like a good combination some races are like this where everyone crashes and it's exciting because of that like crash like nascar is built on danger and speed and crashing is part of that fans are attracted to nascar because of crashing you cannot complain about crashing so i was very upset with people complaining about crashing on social media but it was exciting, like seeing four or five cars at the end, like those guys were going at it so hard. And there was like five lead changes in those couple laps because they kept getting runs on each yeah. other, kept passing. And then ultimately the two most wrecked cars just pushed each other. That's like epic. That's crazy. Eric Eric Jones, Jones, like we're never going to picture he recreated. Yeah. You know it how was, awesome that is? Yeah. Wasn't it the Terry Labonte car at Bristol? Yeah. From Bristol. There's a really good podcast NBC, NASCAR and NBC did about that race where or a different race, like the Labonte Earnhardt thing at Bristol. That's a side note. But yeah, they recreate that photo. And Eric Jones is like, this is going to be a race in 10 years where you laugh about it how you want it. Like, that's like, there's no, nothing wrong with that. I was really upset people were taking offense to what happened. That was an epic race. I mean, sorry, let me phrase that. An epic finish. 
yeah no it was it was exciting finish good start exciting stuff that finally yep. we get to talk about stuff not preview stuff so i'm excited for this week man daytona 500 yeah it's good finally news. here we're both gonna be in daytona at some point during the weekend oh it's gonna oh, be you the you forgotten the lot 20 minutes since we talked about that yeah no 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 no. it's gonna be the good luck charm that both of us are at the race truthfully that is true we that's a good point we're not gonna be both there on sunday but since we'll both be there for the our truck presence racing, the is truck there in the weekend good. yeah hopefully that works hopefully that works out that's a good point for those of you who may be new listening or don't know we often attend races and make them great um i'm going off the top of my head chicagoland 2018 kyle larson kyle bush going for the win Roval 2018, that epic Jimmy Johnson, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney finish. Yeah. Uh, Martinsville that fall, Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr. And then last year, we were both at Chicagoland when Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson were going at it. Like, all these epic finishes have one thing in common. Jason and Andrew are present. So hopefully our presence, you know, stick around long enough to make that effect work on Sunday. Hopefully. Yeah, no, it, it's, I'm excited. I haven't seen you in a while, so it'll be good. Oh, you're excited. Yeah. All right, 500. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. on the pole. That's pretty crazy. Could you have predicted that? I did not. That was probably the one thing where I did not see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning the pole. That was kind of the one where it's like, if you hear it from the future, oh, Ricky Stenhouse starting on the pole for Daytona yeah. 500. It's like so out of left field, but I like yeah. it. I think it's cool. It's like a redemption story for Ricky Stenhouse, losing his ride at Roush, yeah, true. coming back, starting on the pole in Daytona 500. Yep. Yeah. So we'll go through the field, break out some of these storylines that are kind of impactful for the race, how each kind of how the 500 is meaningful for each driver. Of course, we'll start out with Jimmy Johnson, last Daytona 500. He's a two-time champion. I think he and Hamlin are the only two, like multiple Daytona 500 winners in the field still. So truthfully, like he could, like anyone can win this race. Like he still has a chance to go out and win his third. Like he's been so good in this race and those two times he won it, it was just pretty incredible. That's going to be pretty special on Sunday to see him race one final time in the race. Denny Hamlin won it last year. He's going for his third. Like he's the hottest plate driver, Daytona 500 plate driver or not plates anymore. Or super speedway driver, I would say. And a third Daytona 500 would be a huge statement for him. Yeah. Adding on to Denny Hamlin, if he wins this year, going back to back, it'd be the first time a driver goes back to back wins in Daytona 500 since Sterling Marlin in 1994 and 95. So that'd be, that's basically the modern era going back to back in the 500. So that would be really We weren't even born then. I know. Crazy. Crazy. Kyle Busch has never won the 500. He's come very close last year, finished second. It's been like, like he's been in it for 15 years. So it's like that Tony Stewart level where you've been in it so long, you've tried so long. Like, is he ever going to win one? And I think he's probably going to have a really good shot this year. Yeah. Are you excited about that? William, a rookie. So here's a storyline that is not getting any play right now in the media, which I think it should. Maybe it will as the weekend goes on. Like, we have a lot of rookies in the 500 this year. Tons. Uh, Christopher Bell, first 500. Tyler Reddick raced in it last year, but it's his first full season as a rookie. So, like, that would still be a pretty crazy story. And Cole Custer, like, and John Hunter Niemczyk, dude, these, like, rookies, like, could they do well? Like, we saw Trevor Bain win in 2011. He wasn't necessarily a rookie that year. But, like, young guys sometimes find great success in the 500. Like, that could be a crazy story to follow throughout the race and see if they're able to do something. No, nah, it's going to be a star-studded young rookie class this year. I'm very excited to see. And you know what? Levine Family Racing with Christopher Bell, for some reason, they've always been really, really good and players late in yeah. the 500. 
you cannot Could count out Christopher Bell in this race. Yeah, for sure. I think what we're going to see with the rookies this year, while it is a really big class, we've seen like William Byron, he's just kind of coming to his own three years now after being a rookie. I think these rookies are going to struggle more than we think, but they could have some bright spots. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Go down to Team Penske. Joey Logano has only won one day 2500. He seems to be one of the best plate racers in the sport. And now with Paul Wolf, kind of new dynamic for him. I wonder if he's going to have a chance. I'll give TJ Majors a shout out. Best spotter at the Speedway races. So like there's a chance like he, they will be contenders. You know that. I'll say wreck. They will be up front. Brad Keselowski, I feel like is probably the best guy in the field, best super Speedway racer to never have won a 500. So I think he will be a player as well. We'll see what he can do. Hey, I want to throw out a smaller storyline, but Justin Haley with colleague racing's first ever cup series yeah, ride. That was pretty impressive. I think that's pretty cool to see colleague racing, a team that you didn't see ever compete a couple years ago. They raced their way up. They've been very competitive in the Xfinity series. Now they're starting and putting an entry in for the Daytona 500. Very cool to see what that team's done the past couple of years. Yeah, Chris Rice and that whole group do a really good job. Chris Rice was on DBC last year, really great guy. Awesome to see, like an underdog story. That's the thing that the yeah. 500 kind of is lacking. It used to have all these crazy underdog stories. We need more of those. We need more underdogs fighting their way into these races. We talk so. underdogs. Ross Chastain, this yes. is the last guy, in basically Ganassi equipment. That is yeah. so awesome. I'm so excited for God. him. You know how awesome would it be if he's like upfront contending and wins? Like we've seen Cinderella's win the 500 before, Trevor Bain, Ross Chastain win the Daytona 500. You know how epic that would be? Be massive. Be massive. Oh my God. And here's the thing. I don't think it would be nationally massive, but in the NASCAR community, it would just be crazy. His story no, to win the 500. I think nationally, he'll get but some people, attention with Nationally, that. people, yeah, they, he would get the same attention any other winner would get. But people don't know him nationally, but that would go towards putting him kind of more of a national scale. That'd be awesome. If, and he's racing all three races, so he has a chance all weekend to do some great stuff. And he's Ross is such a good guy. We've talked about him before. Like, I really hope he has a great speed weeks. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. He was he was up the top at the board for a lot of qualifying, so he's yeah. got a fast car behind him. So hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully he can be a, a player towards the end of the all race. Right. Let's make some picks. Who is going to win the Daytona the twenty twenty oh, Daytona five hundred? shoot uh, first of all it's on my birthday so this is you know how crazy that is your birthday on the daytona 500 never has been like that before i'm stoked for that that's awesome happy daytona day you gonna text me that in the morning instead of happy birthday oh maybe i should let's see who's gonna win daytona 500 quickly TikTok. okay TikTok. okay i'm gonna go out i'm going to say this it's about time he's gonna win its first He's got the momentum on his side. Two-time champion, Kyle Busch, finally wins the Daytona 500. I'm going to pick a guy who would be a very popular Daytona 500 winner, and he won a plate race last year, always mm. up front, always contending, and I think, it's a, like, I think it's a breakout year for him. Chase Elliott will take the Daytona 500 victory. What's that? I wrote down the number nine. I knew you were going to go with Chase Elliott. Nah, he would be a massive 500 winner. I could totally see that happening. I think a if big he, name is going to win this race. I don't think it's going to be someone random. Yeah. This, while but, it is still yeah. a, a crapshoot, it still requires skill and endurance to make it to the True. end of this race. In the past, I don't know how many years, a big name, a contender you see late in the playoffs has won the 500. 
I think it's going to be a big name. So I can agree with that. All right. All right. And before the 500, don't forget to set your NASCAR fancy lineups. We're having yeah. another, we're having our league back for the second year. Uh, for the record, I beat Andrew last year. I finished second. So I'm going for the victory this season, but I did beat Andrew. So that's all that really matters. Yeah, I know. We've, uh, the league has jumped to more people. We have 41 members right now. Tons of people have joined within the past couple of days. If you're listening to this podcast, have not joined yet, go to our Twitter. It's we, we have the tweets. I think it's one of the more recent tweets that we've had, but, yeah. but go to our Twitters or you can go to my Instagram and click on the link in the bio. That's also something you can do. Join our league because we want as many people as possible, make it really competitive. So, uh, it's, RHRR Podcast League, and I will win. No, only one person beat us last year. Like, seriously, how that was pretty impressive on our part to be able to finish second and third. I know, back, up, back it up. This year, I'm going to finish first. Andrew will be like 10th or something. Like, I've got no this way. in the bag. I take I this other, very I was seriously. I a champion in another league. You can't beat me. I'm unstoppable. I don't know. Watch it. All right. Then this season, we'll be back every week again throughout the year like we did last year, Redhead Racing Radio. And actually, all of our podcasts, especially this this season, probably the last half of last year, they're all available now. Like, they don't get deleted anymore. We're fully online, so you can go back and listen to any of you any of the old ones that you want. But we'll be here all season long, post-race. Andrew's going to Japan for a vacation in August. We'll take a couple-week break then. But we'll be here pretty much every week, post-race, to discuss what's going on. This ain't just a vacation. I, I think I might post this on Twitter, but I will be covering the Tokyo Olympics. So I will be going to Tokyo and covering the Olympics for some Arizona affiliates. And I'm very excited about that. Have not said anything about that. So yeah, I'll be going to breaking Tokyo this here. summer. Breaking so I'm excited. Yeah, breaking news on the podcast. Going to Tokyo. I'll and say, I'll yeah. say this too. I'm going to be introducing the entire Xfinity Series field in phoenix on that saturday so i'm really excited for driver intros so i'm really excited about that we can talk a little bit more about that when phoenix comes but some exciting news for 2020 the most exciting part of that for me is to be able to give you liners to make fun of the drivers as they come out (laughs) i cannot wait to do that i don't know so they said they'd give me free roam so i don't know what that means we're gonna figure that out the closer we get there but it'll be exciting that's all i know We'll collaborate. It'll be great. It'll be the most epic driver intros ever. It will yeah. go viral. Yeah, no, I'm excited. All right. Lots to you look forward f- to. Follow us on Twitter to get your Daytona content. I didn't tell, I haven't tweeted that I'm going to Daytona either. So I, that's my news drop. I know you're going to Tokyo, but I'm going to Daytona. So who, what's the bigger deal there? I don't know. Both are important. Yeah. We'll be posting plenty of content from Daytona. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Hey Jason Schultz. Andrew, you are at. I'm at Andrew Curland TV on Twitter at Andrew Curland on Instagram. Make sure to check out YouTube. Going to be posting everything there, and uh, I'll be it for the first five. So I'll be. I have a lot of content from the tracks with this next month and a half coming up. So I'm All excited. All right, let's about bring that. up, get some good inter- questions in, and we can play some audio on the show to give us some good stuff to talk about. But here we go. Seasons starting again. Here, season we, three getting going season three epic let's do it we were talking um right before the show that um we're both gonna be in daytona last time we were both in daytona was literally the week after we did our first episode like we weren't really we didn't really know each other that well we recorded an intro on top of the garage it was just kind of oh my god i remember that do you have that we gotta make that throwback yeah maybe i'll i'll dig that up and maybe we can find it and 
maybe we'll post something about that this weekend where we're kind of like, hey, we're back at Daytona three years after we kind of launched our podcast. How cool is that? That's cool. Yeah, no, right. we got to do Welcome that. Welcome to the Redhead Racing Nation. We're going to allow non-redheads in this year. It's this big deal. But thanks for listening <laughs> to our first episode of 2020. I freaking love 2020. Let's go. 2020. Let's, let's make it a good year.